so I, I don't I don't really get screen time at all. I mean, like the, the idea of like limiting the amount of time your kid's supposed to watch stuff like I guess principally I understand because you, you want you want them to be actively engaged in their life, not just passively. Well, the, sure, there's there's that thought, and I understand that. But I also think to myself, like it is it is such a tool. Like some because sometimes you just gotta go to the bathroom, for instance. <laughs> and you're like, oh look, it's your favorite show. Can you watch this for a minute and, and let Daddy have a minute? I feel like it's important, and and I and I feel like a lot of times we like the whole thing is like, oh well, you know, I only give him thirty minutes a day. Because if I gave him an hour a day that like somebody would know and think I'm a terrible parent. Oh, you think it's more about parent shaming than about their brain development? I think I think a lot of times. Yeah, because my kid, you know, it's funny. Like My kids watch a ton of TV like we watch a lot of TV and all the, you know, videos on YouTube and all that stuff. So, I mean, they seem they seem I mean, they're, they're pretty bright. I mean, we, we just did parent teacher conferences. I mean, we, they got glowing reviews. My biggest worry is not that it's going to like, you know, ruin their, um, their brains so much as it's going to sort of stunt their creativity and their social skills. See, like, I don't, I don't really perceive that either. Really? Yeah. Like we heard with my, my youngest that he's like the most, um, social in the class (laughs) and they're both really creative. You're right. I mean, like it's just like they both like drawing and they're like they're like making music and all this stuff. So I mean, they're really, I don't know. I'm just listen. I'm not science, obviously. I don't. What do I know? But I just I think, man. I mean, it seems to be okay. Ah, uh, I'm. I mean, I don't have kids yet, so. I mean, and like screen that does screen time's TV, right? Screen time is TV or internet, I think. Well, I mean, like if, like if we're watching a dolphin game, that's like three hours right there. I mean, it's like. It's like a well, week's worth of television. I think your kids are also getting to an age where like more screen time is probably okay. Like it's pro- it's not actually like hurting their brain development. Whereas with like really little kids, it, it's still scientifically speaking, it, it does affect the way that the brain develops. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure a lot of smarter people than me have opinions on this and they're probably more accurate than mine, but I'm just saying, like, especially my firstborn, he watched The Wiggles <laughs> ad nauseum. So, yeah, yeah. And I, I, I also, what I wonder, and I don't know, I'm not an expert, obviously, um, is whether the content of screen time matters or whether it's just anything on a screen. So, like, if you're watching a song, let's say, like, you're watching The Wiggles that are performing a song, it's essentially like music and then some sort of performance and like whether that's yeah. different than like other kinds of things you could be watching, you know, like, yeah, like the I content, mean, whether that matters or whether it's just like anything on a screen is bad. I have I mean, no idea. You probably don't want them watching like, you know, Fatal Attraction or something. I would understand that. That makes sense. I don't know. I've seen, I just. That, I see, that was, that was, that was a, uh, an R-rated movie from the 80s. Okay, I've never seen it. Oh, never mind. <laughs> You're listening to No Good Parents. I'm Brian. And I'm Ariel. Now, do not mistake this podcast for anything remotely helpful or educational, like think parody. Uh, the world of No Good Parents is based in a reality that doesn't exist. In the world of No Good Parents, there are no rules and there is no such thing as child abuse. Hmm. They're not coming for you if you follow this advice. As well, they <laughs> All right. If you want genuine expert advice on parenting, this is not the podcast for you because uh, you you will get in trouble for child abuse if you do some of this stuff. Absolutely. Now, I'm 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 concerned uh, here because I'm not sure that you remember a time before like the Internet took over our lives completely. I mean, like a little bit. It w- the Internet was invented when I was like pretty young. Um. And it was new when I was growing up and yeah, I'm just, I'm, I'm a lot younger than you. So <sighs> you probably remember a lot more of the time before. Internet. You know what? I, I, I caught your not so subtle age joke there, but realistically, those were the days, the better times, simpler times. And as a parent, it's, you know, kind of tough trying to figure out how to navigate this tech driven world we live in now. So, and we don't get to just like fall back on 
the way we were raised with technology because that didn't, that wasn't a thing. That stuff didn't exist. So let's talk about how we're supposed to handle some very first world tech scenarios with kids. Mm. All right. So we'll start with our first scenario. Uh, you've just recently begun to let your three-year-old watch a limited amount of certain TV shows, but your one-year-old keeps trying to join in. Uh, every time you get your older kid set up with an episode of something, your younger baby stops doing whatever he's doing and crawls over to investigate. And, you know, you're having a tough time trying to keep him occupied with other activities. Uh, you're trying not to let him have any screen time yet since he's so young, but distracting him is nearly impossible. What do you do? So I think that there's something that is more engaging and can still be like a fun, distracting activity for little kids. So as you're saying earlier, if you need to like have a few minutes to yourself as a parent, or, um, I don't know, there's something that you can do to distract kids. I think it's, it would be a really cool idea to start a farm in your backyard. Start a farm. Yeah. So, you know, sort of connect with nature and, this farm can involve growing some plants. You know, you get a, you have a win-win there, like an activity for kids taking care of plants. And also you can like harvest those crops and use them in your kitchen for cooking. So, you know, maybe you're growing some tomatoes, some herbs. So you have a little garden and also really important for distracting kids is you need, you need a lot of animals. So you need basically a full on petting zoo. A farm and a petting zoo. Yeah. What if you live in an apartment? Um, I don't, I don't know. You can, you can figure it out is what you're saying. Yeah. Um, I think that you need to find a, a space with nature, wherever you're, you're making your home with your kids is basically the idea. Like, um, petting zoo is really important for the distracting kids piece of this. Because what's more interesting than watching a screen? Petting a bunny. You can mm. distract a kid for so long if they have a bunny to pet. And bunnies are not exactly like dogs. They don't love attention all the time. So not only will they be petting the bunny, but they will also be chasing the bunny. So exercise too. So it's your thing. So I, I, I set up the older one with, with, with a a tablet, let's say, to watch something. And then I take the younger sibling and I lock them up in the petting, czar, uh, petting zoo pen or whatever that is. Yeah. And I, and I just let the younger one. Just pet the animals. Mm. Play with them. And is that safe for the animals? Or the kid? Even? I don't know. Like, I don't. Hmm. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. See, this I think that in this scenario, what you're going to find will happen is that the older one is going to also abandon whatever screen time thing you've given because they're just so interested in the farm life. I don't. Yeah, I'm not. No, no. I, I, enough of this whole screen time thing. Like I was saying, <laughs> it's, I just where parents outthink themselves. It's totally true. Uh, there, th these things, but devices. It's a tool for parents to use and you don't have to clean up their poop like you would with a petting zoo. Uh, it's not an evil thing. It's really not. Every you moment your teach, child- You can teach your kids about cleaning up after animals. It's so amazing. No, no. Listen, and I, I think my way teaches them more. But first I would say that every moment that your child is captivated by some form of digital entertainment, that's a moment you could be doing something else like the dishes or vacuuming, right? That stuff's important too. And I'm just saying- like your kids will learn stuff by watching people do things. And this gives you the opportunity to specifically mold your child. Okay. Great example. If, if you want your child to be a doctor, you let them start watching shows like ER or house at a very Grey's young age. Anatomy. I mean, I'm sure I've never seen that one, but sure. They're going to learn it takes a place lot in a about hospital. relationships and medical mysteries. Well, there you go. So, look, they're going to be good at relationships, so it's somewhat social, and they're going to I learn don't know. medicine. None of them on Grey's Anatomy. And then you just wait. You you just wait a couple of years, and then you've grown yourself a doctor, and you got exactly what you want. And like I said, this allows you to get things done. And sometimes you like it's like, honey, just sit there and watch Barney. Daddy's got to go smoke a cigarette. That's, that's all I'm saying. 
wouldn't you like a little bunny farm that your kids enjoy and take care of though? Of all the things you've ever mentioned on this podcast, that sounds like the worst one. A little bunny farm. Yeah. Like bunnies creep me out. (sighs) Yeah. One time when I was looking at the internet with my boys, we saw this video of somebody giving a, 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 a rabbit or a bunny. I don't know what you're supposed to call them, but you but in, in the sink and when the bunny was all wet, it just creeped me out and I'm, I'm off bunnies forever now. I just, I, I've never been so scared of anything in my life. Bunnies like, are not scary. No, if, you, if you've never seen a wet bunny, you're wrong. I'm just saying they're frightening. <laughs> so, yeah. All right. <laughs> Your middle schooler has friends who all play a very violent video game online together and he wants to join them. You've seen images from this game that are pretty gory and disturbing, and you don't necessarily feel that this game is appropriate for anyone, let alone kids. What do you do? See, I think this is another common mistake for parents. Um, What? Well, there are actually a couple here. First of all, uh, your kid has an opportunity to bond with his peers in this case. But not in real life. And you want to cut him off from that. But not in real life. Sure. Sure, because you can connect with those people. It's bonding. You can do it on, on the internet's thing, through the video games thing, and you can talk to people, and you can call them names and stuff, and, and guys love this stuff. So you're, you're actively cutting them off from, like, you know, this bonding opportunity with peers. And, and really, why the do, only thing... Why, do they, why is that the only opportunity for them? Because it's what they like to do. Um, and, and frankly, the only thing worse than not letting him hang out with his peers would be the fact that little Johnny's mommy doesn't want him playing big boy video games. Like you're going to get that kid killed, like absolutely killed. That's awful. Well, if also, they only ever interact over video games, they won't be killed. <laughs> well, listen, I mean, at some point, you know, he's going to go to school and the whole thing is, is going to be like, oh, that's the kid that came right. Like that's you don't want that. You don't you don't want your kid to be ostracized because of your parenting. That's that's entirely the opposite idea. It's a bad thing to do. I'm just saying. And also stop protecting your kids from seeing the world for what it is ridiculous you don't want to raise an ignorant child that's going to like crash totally hard when they eventually find out the world is like this awful place and not that beautiful image you constructed for them you want them to experience loss of innocence to that degree it'd be terrible be terrible you're You're robbing this child from 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 bonding you're learning you're you're robbing this child to see the world for what it is and then you're also robbing your child from learning life-saving training like how to handle a firearm or efficiently kill a zombie Every bit of denying this kid the experience of playing this game with his friends makes his life worse. Good job, mom. Um, so I think the issue here is uh, it's less about the social issue. It's more about uh, a lack of empathy. So it's really like disturbing from a high level perspective that this game is popular to begin with because uh it's sort of, it's disturbing to think about these little kids learning to enjoy that kind of violence and becoming desensitized to it. Um, so the disturbing part is that all of them are already, they're already watching this horrible, gory, violent activity. And I don't think that necessarily you need to protect your children from the world because people are bad. But, um, I do think that you need, in order to teach empathy, you have to let them experience that in the real world. So if my child is going to play this very violent video game, they're also going to go volunteer. I think I like where this is going. Volunteer in a hospital. Oh, in real life and they're going to see actual trauma. So they're going to uh, engage with people who are really hurting and really sick. And they're going to learn to care for these people and then see how they feel about the violent video game Hmm. where they are shooting random strangers. Would they at least be paired with people suffering 
as a result of violence. Like, in other words, I feel like if you're going to swap out, like, for the violent video games, they should at least be able to go to the hospital and see blood. It would be terrible if you did this and your, all your kids got was like, oh, yeah, no, we went to the hospital and we dealt uh, with people who had, like, chronic di digestion issues. Like, admittedly, you know, Crohn's disease is bad, but I don't know that my kids are going to get any appreciation for the severity of that because it doesn't necessarily look so bad on the outside, right? But, like, if a guy, you know, if they're going to see a guy who walks in, like literally like missing a leg and his head's hanging off, you know, like in like, you know, zombie killer 4,000 or whatever video game they're playing now. I'm just saying, I think my kids would definitely get your point. <laughs> I mean, I don't know how this, this works realistically in terms of matching the kids up with a hospital and like saying, okay, we, I want my kids to volunteer in your ER and I want them to see really gory injuries. I don't know how that works. <laughs> hmm. I mean, but no, it sounds like an interesting program. I'm all, I'm all in. Start then, this program. And, I'm telling you, and then we'll film it and we'll let kids watch it on their devices. Huh? Nope. Huh? No. Oh, no, that's bad. No. Right, good in real life, but bad on bad the TV. Bad for I'm their just, brains. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> in our next scenario, uh, your preschooler watches a very limited amount of TV at home, but you've noticed that she comes home from playdates with certain friends talking about shows you have not let her watch and maybe even haven't heard of. Uh, so it's like they overheard you talking about it. Um, you thought that you were on the same page with her friend's parents about screen time, but it seems that you were wrong. So what do you do? So this is a really unfortunate communication issue. And I think a lot of, a lot of people encounter this. Uh, you have some conversations with your young kids, parents, obviously, as they get older, you don't necessarily know their parents as well. Like you're not involved in that part of their life, but with young kids, you know, you're checking in with the parents before you have a play date. Um, and I think that a lot of the times saying, oh, we have a healthy diet and we don't really do screen time, that can mean different things for different families. So unless you're like-, like, like straight lies because of fear of shaming, right? That's one of them. <laughs> so if you are not like explicitly saying, these are the foods that we eat, these are the activities that we allow, this is the schedule that our kids are sticking to in terms of naps and meal times and all that stuff. If you're not being explicit with that, then you're going to have miscommunication. So this, this particular miscommunication can be easily fixed. Um, you don't even have to have any more conversations with the parents because yeah, you're Perfect. probably right, Brian, this is an issue of parents lying to cover themselves because they are, they, they feel shame about the way that they're parenting. So the way that you can best communicate with this, your, your child's friend's parent is actually through tele telepathy. I'm sorry, say that again. Telepathy. That's what I thought you said. So uh, telepathic <laughs> communication is going to work a lot better in this scenario than verbal communication. Oh, um, God. Because beyond say like writing out a list of everything that you want to happen during a play date, it, you're just, you're not communicating effectively. But if you use telepathy, you're, you're sort of conveying an emotion through your, through your thoughts and the way that you, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry. I have so many questions. I just, I just want, cause I don't want to derail you. Okay. Um, so when does this telepathy like start? Like, do you have, like when you're on the phone or like when you meet for the first time, like when do you, when do you start? So this is after you've had this communication breakdown, like you've had the breakdown. Oh, I see. You, you, so, you realize that there's been a miscommunication. So you think it better not to say anything Uh huh. and just telepathically. Yeah. Huh. So the way to do that is um, you have to begin in a meditative state. Okay. So, Okay. Get yourself into a really calm space, sort of clear your mind. And then you need to visualize, really distinctly visualize the message that you want to send to your child's friend's parent. You 
ask your higher self to visit their consciousness. That means like the highest form of yourself. Okay. So you were talking about doing drugs. I wasn't sure. (laughs) No meditation, not drugs. Oh, because when you say visit your consciousness and then the highest form of yourself. And I'm, I was like, Oh, she's talking about drugs again. (laughs) No, not in this. I'm not sure what's happening anymore. You are asking your, your, your best self to visit them. And you can actually even, um, visit them in their dreams. If you get onto that psychic plane. Yeah. That's, um, that's certainly a way to go about it. I think it's just weird. But then again, to me, the whole scenario, don't you think that most of the things I think are weird? Yes. Yes. I think most of the things that parents do and say, and, and what people who write in books, I think all of that stuff is weird. None of that makes sense to me. Um, cause like, again, by now, I'm sure you know that I am a fan of kids and television mixing together or, or kids, you know, kids and computers or kids and tablets or whatever, whatever thing they're doing. But, but that being said, it would be irate to find out that the rules of my house were not being followed at her friend's home, especially if that rule were discussed, that would make me angry. I think all people and every house should follow my rules anyway, their lives would be better. But whatever. I rarely trust other parents to do the right thing because I've met other parents. And I just, that's why I never feel comfortable letting my kids spend alone time like with their grandparents. Because I know that the grandparents will disobey each and every one of my rules. Just in an attempt to spoil the kids and undermine my authority because the grandparents, they want, they want to love. So just love me. Don't love your father. Love me. I, and that's what they do. So Brian, it sounds like you might need to learn some telepathic communication skills. No, no. I use direct because I'm a red blooded American. I speak directly. If the other parents are letting the kids do stuff that you disagree with in your preschooler shouldn't be allowed to spend time there. That's all I'm saying. You know, I just don't think it has to be that way. I think that you can make it. You don't think apparently you have to do anything outside of just think about what I don't want the other person to do. And then it's going to be perfect. It might be. Sure. Manifest it. I don't know what that means. Just... Thank you for joining us on the No Good Parents podcast. We're going to get right back with more scenarios after this. To all the boy moms out there, I feel your pain. One minute, all your darling little angel boy wants is another snuggle with mommy. And the next thing you know, he's locking his bedroom door and hiding crusty socks at the bottom of his laundry hamper. He used to need you constantly, and now it feels like he wants nothing to do with you. Want to know a secret? He'll always need you, whether he admits it or not. But as your little boy grows into a man, he needs something different from you. He needs respect. He needs independence. And he needs your understanding. He needs for you to give him his me time. And what better way to show your big boy that you respect and honor his me time than with a me time here? The Me Time Yurt can be set up anywhere, inside or outside of your home, is totally splash-proof, suitable for all weather. It comes with a collapsible media center for easy use with any media device of his choice. When he uses his Me Time Yurt, he will feel comfortable and safe knowing that you gave him this special space all to himself. He'll always think of you with love when he uses his Me Time Yurt. Welcome back to No Good Parents. This week, we're talking about some very stress-inducing scenarios that come up with parenting or while parenting in the digital age. Okay. You find out through snooping through your teenage daughter's iPad that she's engaging in some very adult relationships with strangers online. Specifically, she has created an online FinDom persona and is exchanging sexually explicit content for actual monetary compensation. It's unclear whether she is actually engaging in any physical sexual relationships. What do you do? I'm taking my jacket off for this one. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. no it's getting, it's, it, listen, it's getting serious. Um, all right. You going to get your gun? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> now, I think given the severity of this scenario and assuming that your daughter is underage, it probably would be best to alert the authorities 
although I'm not exactly sure what they'd be able to do, if anything. So, un- here's the problem with that. Um, technically, owning child porn is illegal, mm-hmm. but uh, in that scenario, your child is guilty of that as well. All right. So there would be like legal so, consequences for her. Is it in every state that she owns child porn? That's weird. Okay, but whatever. Whatever. That's that's why I had a multi-step plan here. So so if you don't want your your kid getting in trouble, I, I, then I I'm guess not you, a, an expert on child porn laws. Obviously, you certainly don't sound like one as you just explained that law. Um, <laughs> there isn't. I don't know. So in this case. But she did a bad thing and then other people did bad things. But so this I, is why. I, OK, I'm not going to say bad. I don't want to say bad. It is bad. She's underage. You cannot you, you can't reason this one. Away. Oh, she's a young sexual. No, what she's doing is not right. OK, I'm, I'm pretty sure. Anyway, I'm not exactly sure what FinDom is, but I kind of I just, you know, I, I read the context clues there. OK, FinDom and, is financial domination. Oh, so. This is specifically a relationship in which she provides pictures. He pays her. Correct. And also usually there is an element of um, shaming involved, like people who want to be dominated financially want to be sort of harassed a little bit, Mm. at least from what I know, which is not a, a ton, but the people mm. who want to be dominated financially want to be taken advantage of and have their money taken from them and be insulted in the process. Yeah. It sounds super hot. Uh, so I, I think you have to, at this point, then I think I said, you obviously don't want to get your kid in trouble unless you do, which would be great. I don't know what the penalty is. Consult your local attorneys. I'm just saying you, you completely isolate this child from technology whatsoever and her friends as well. Um, she should at this point be locked in the house without any access to technology, no phones, no computers, no TV, no contact with friends. She needs to be homeschooled to shield her from the bad choices and bad influences uh, in her life. She's obviously a lost cause. So at this point, it's probably best just to lock her in a dark basement. Uh, but I would say for me, I would personally maintain her account and try to, <laughs> yeah, pretending to be my daughter. And then I would try to goad these men into meeting me and by me i mean you know quote unquote my daughter in person and then upon meeting her quote unquote fans or whatever it is whatever they're called uh, perverts uh her pay files why her pay pigs her pay pigs uh once i met them in person i would then um exact my own brand of justice Ooh, we'll go with that sounds like you're going to jail no no because i have not made a threat was very, very careful. I mean, I threatened no one. Yikes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, this is, this is a complicated one. Um, and I think it's the first, the first thing is that I, I don't need to be snooping in my daughter's iPad. Like that's, that's a violation of privacy and trust. And I just have my crystal ball for any kind of sightseeing that I need. So if I I found out in my, in my crystal ball that this was happening, I would feel fine with. I'm sorry to interrupt, but assuming that your, your crystal ball could give you that insight. Yeah. It can. At that point, then looking at your crystal ball, be snooping. No, not at all. Because you don't necessarily know what you're looking for when you're practicing that kind of looking when you're, when you're seeking, you aren't necessarily sure what you're seeking. The line there between the two ideas. Is if that- you're going through your daughter's iPad, mm-hmm. you are specifically looking for something. Right. Presumably whatever she's doing that you're not supposed to know about in secrecy on her iPad. My argument is that if your crystal ball tells you that, then you're effectively doing the same thing, even though you didn't know you'd find something. I'm just. But I wasn't trying to hack into her private conversations. I wasn't going through her, her mind on purpose. So the crystal ball at that point, you don't have to ask the crystal ball to show you that it just shows you. I think like, if like you... you're napping and the crystal ball goes, 
Hey, Ariel, I'm quick. Look what I found. I'm just, I, I find it hard to believe. That's obviously not how crystal balls work. Hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, we're not going through the iPad. Yep, but. definitely above that you are for sure. Yes. Um, I think that financial domination, I mean, I would be a little bit relieved if that's what she was doing versus, you know, there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of violent sexual proclivities out there. There's a lot of fetishes that are more harmful than financial domination necessarily for her, Mm -hmm. but still not thrilled with the idea that she's having these intimate interactions with strangers. As you grow older, your sexuality is yours. It's not mine. I don't own her sexuality. But at the same time, I think that it would show a lack of teaching on my part, uh, a lack of demonstration of how to be claiming that ownership of your sexuality. You know, like if she if she needs to be insulting men and sending them naked pictures for money in order to feel empowered in her sexuality, then I think that maybe I haven't done a great job. <laughs> yeah, frankly, I'm, I'm shocked I, to find this out. You have a parenting podcast and your daughter's doing this stuff. <laughs> it's a fake parenting podcast. Don't let anybody do this. They really will. All you need is a computer and a microphone. <laughs> you don't even need those things, really. No, you can do it on a, on an iPhone. Yeah, you know, it's it's funny because I know this is one of those things, particularly uh, between you and I, and I think often a difference between the way moms look at sexuality with their, their daughters and, and the way dads look at sexuality with their daughters. So I'm not surprised that, that we would have such different philosophies on that. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm murdering people and you're like, well, I should appreciate her sexual autonomy, which I, I mean, again, <laughs> sounds crazy to me, but I mean, whatever. She's allowed to engage in whatever she wants. But like at, at the end of the day, what you want is for your kids to be healthy and happy and engaging in sexual relationships that are going to be emotionally fulfilling for them. Right. I mean, I haven't really thought about it that way. I just don't want, you know, I just don't want my daughter having sex or being involved in sex with like (laughs) men and stuff. I think it's awful. Now, This is a completely different scenario that I think is, is better. Okay. Your teenage son has gone viral with a video that he posted to social media featuring himself and his friends engaging in some morally questionable, if not technically illegal behavior he's very proud of himself what do you do Mm. (sighs) so i think this question is tough because morally questionable but not technically illegal behavior is is still so vague Mm -hmm. so vague in terms of what that could mean so he's not uh this isn't a video of him taking a drunk passed out woman into a room and getting high fives from his buddies. But this is maybe a video of him passing women on the street and commenting on their breasts. We don't know. We don't know what this is exactly, but something morally questionable. And it's on the internet now. And he got a lot of attention for it. And he's happy about that. Um, obviously, there's an issue here if you're child is so desperate for attention that they are seeking it through viral fame, doing dumb things instead of trying to create something of value. So I think um, that's really the biggest issue here is your, your child doesn't understand what creating value means. He's just seeking attention for no reason other than to get attention. Wasn't that why you post stuff on the internet? It is. See, I'm confused. But the value there is to entertain people, right? Well, if this went viral, arguably, it's entertaining. Arguably. We don't know what it is. If I just play devil's advocate. It's probably something entertaining. But also the problem with this this kind of viral content, right? It lasts for a minute in terms of the amount of attention that he gets. And then 
the attention is going to go away. And then he's going to say, but wait, I need my fix of attention. Where's all the internet love? And he's going to go do something else dumb in order to try and get that attention back. So he is just going to become addicted to that high of getting the internet attention. And then that's going to be an identity that he creates for himself, whether or not it was intentional. I'm trying, I don't want to, I'm, I'm trying not to argue every point you're making. Cause not only do I disagree with it, but it's kind of like in my, I've saved it all for the rebuttal. I mean, I guess I, I kind of hear what you're saying, but I mean, at that point, if you are addicted to it and you become like a famous content creator, that's a good thing, right? Depends on what the content is. Depends on what you're famous. Yeah. I, I think it, it does. See, cause I would say like the first thing you do in this situation is you congratulate that young man for going viral. I mean, that's an amazing <laughs> okay, accomplishment. So I'm just going to say what I'm, what I'm doing for this kid. Go, go. Before you give me your rebuttal, what is it about this that you're really proud of? Is it just the attention or is it some part of making that video that you enjoyed. What part of it did you enjoy? Was what, Which part of the creative process was fulfilling for you? And let's tap into that. I, I don't know. What if he just likes making stuff and people like it? And he's like, oh, we're good. That's it depends what on what the stuff is. If the stuff is dumb, morally questionable, potentially illegal. Well, who decides all of those things, Ariel? And I'm just saying for like the potentially or technically illegal and then things, the other you get thing, an attorney. The other, you're getting an attorney for him so he can keep making dumb videos on the internet. It's, it's, it could be a career. He could make millions or billion, whatever they make in the internet. That's what he could have. It could be his. He could have millions, but zero, zero of integrity. And if he gets millions then he can afford his own lawyers, I'm just saying this is, this plan is brilliant. What? And you buy integrity, Brian. What's integrity? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> I don't know. And again, I mean, it's, it's funny because we're talking about these little, like, morally questionable things. I mean, how responsible does a young man need to be for these little infractions? I mean, we, can, we need to stop ruining the lives of young men just because boys will be boys. Okay. This is, I mean, obviously what it is. Mm. Just remember that your boy is a rock star for creating a viral video. And he should be rewarded. Maybe take him out to a nice dinner. Maybe order him a beer, you know? Like, yeah, of course, he's 21. Or maybe, you know, you just slip him your wristband or, or you just walk up to the bar and get it as you guys can have a That way you can celebrate the accomplishment together like a good father does to reward his boy for going viral. I mean, obviously, in the last scenario, it's very different with a girl becoming very popular for other reasons. But this boy is a keeper. The Supreme Court might agree with you. <laughs> I don't think might is really whatever. <laughs> I like this part, obviously, because I, I say it every time. The music makes me happy. Uh, time for No Good News, a weekly segment in which we feature parents either in the news or just making the news. Uh, not good parents, not bad parents, just, you know, parents generally. Um, and this week we're talking about a mother whose question to a parenting blog kind of blew up. Her mom admitted that she largely kept social media away from her daughter, but now it's kind of become impossible because the daughter is 16 years old. And mom is concerned about her kids posting inappropriate things on social media. Um, and, and it sort of sounds like the things that she's concerned about uh, being inappropriate, uh, maybe some are, maybe some aren't. Like she, she had mentioned provocative selfies or even silly comments, but she really says that she finds most of it to be inappropriate. So, Ariel, what do you think? So, the the vibe that I got from this article was not only that she is concerned about her daughter's future from these posts, but she doesn't like her daughter very much. She doesn't like her daughter's personality that her daughter is portraying herself as online. She thinks that it's th the things that she's saying and the things that she's posting are dumb. And that's kind of a teenager's job to, to be uh, dumb, be, be dumb for a while. Cause your brain's not, not really very well developed yet. Um, 
you have no understanding of consequences. So when you're a teenager, you do things without even thinking about how they're going to affect your future or how they sound to anyone besides the person that you're saying it to who you're trying to seem cool to in this scenario, most likely Um, she's commenting on her friend's pictures and stuff with stuff that her mom thinks is dumb and inappropriate. But um, she obviously is just trying to be accepted and liked. And the, this wasn't so much of an issue before social media, because before social media, none of the interactions that you had with your friends were that public. Obviously we all said and did stupid things in order to fit in. Yeah. But this is sort of like a social, like, like social media is sort of like a social tattoo, right? I mean, it's that thing that lasts forever and you can't make it go away once it gets out, you know? So yeah, I mean, I I take that. I think that everyone's a little overzealous about the idea that colleges and jobs are heavy investigating your social media. They're they're really not looking that hard. Um, if there's something blatantly problematic, they will find it. But yeah. if you're just kind of dumb, like average dumb <laughs> on social media, no one cares. <laughs> well, and I mean, I, you know, and let's face it. I mean, they've set the dumb bar pretty high <laughs> anymore because people have done such like stupid things, right? No, you're right. right. You know, no, I, I think the average for communication on social media not, not very, it's not great in terms of, Oh no. Yeah. For, for like, seriously. And I'm, I'm guilty not even... of this too. You know, with my friends, we post dumb things on each other's pictures all the time. Don't think twice about it. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny because I, I hate to agree with you because it, it usually means I'm wrong. <laughs> hey, but, <laughs> no, I, I was giving that a second to the, let it sink in. I think you're right that kids are trying to figure it out. And a lot of parents are worried about all that other stuff, right? Like the, the consequences, the long term yeah. consequences. And but I would I also the agree. FBI is investigating every combing through kids, social media before accepting them into college. Yeah. And, and, but there was one part about this that kind of bothered me. Yeah. Cause where the, you know, the mom essentially said like, you know, I don't want to let them on it, but I can't keep it out of my house. You know, what am I supposed to do? Well, was me. And it's like, you know, I, I just, I think that's complete malarkey. You can absolutely say no. And you can even use an app that monitors your kids online behavior. So if like they, you don't want them using social media, then they won't use social media. Like you have a say in this one way or the other. It, and I think you will find a way I'm listen, you know, I'm, I, I know people in, with kids who know how to use the internet too. So I'm just saying I've got, I've got resources and I mean, you could demand passwords to all of our social there media are people accounts. in prisons who get phones. Your kids can get a phone. Not, not in this prison. No way. <laughs> not if I don't want it to happen. And I'm just saying like parent, cause th- this, the thing parenting requires vigilance. Like if your kids are willing to go through craziness to make something happen that you don't want to happen, you got to be willing to get crazy to stop them from getting what they want that you don't want them to have. So I'm just saying, saying, cause I, here's how I would handle this. My daughter, like the only um, social media accounts, like if I didn't want her to have the, you know, social media, the only social media she, she would have would be shared social media accounts. Like we would literally like, you know, there's like really annoying people on Facebook. They're like, they're a couple. So it's gotta be like, Oh, that's, you know, that's John and Sherry. We're John and Sherry on that's our social media profile. You know what I'm talking oh, about? Yes. Right. It's totally gross. And we would totally do that. My daughter and me, it'd be a great time. My daughter and I, and, 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 and I'm just, I'm saying like her friends were going to totally love my content. It's going to be, you know, it's going to be fantastic. But the, the point is, here, I think she's going to pick no social media over that. <laughs> of course. But as that's what I'm saying, like if you parent, you'd be surprised about what you can actually have happen in your favor in, in the battle that is parenting teenagers. <laughs> that's what I think. All right. To end the episode on a lighter note, <laughs> after we're talking about prisons from social media. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, come on. Who doesn't want to share a social media account with their parents? 
kid food and beverage pairings. So every episode, we offer up a suggestion of what to pair with your kids' favorite foods. So this is kid-friendly foods, adult-friendly beverages. And this week, we're pairing drinks with the ham and cheese Lunchables, which is the best Lunchable. It's It strangely is. And I, 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 did, I did the wine, beer, booze thing. Um, because it's, it's weird. It is the best lunchable, but they're also really gross when you think about it. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure why I, why I like them. I'm not, I, I really don't. I thought about this long and hard because I never really thought about it before. And it's like, Oh, we should pair drinks with it. And then it's like, I'm thinking about it. And like, I even steal these things from my kids and, and, and I, I like them, but they are strangely not good. They're very gross. Um, insanely salty. And again, I like them. Uh, I don't know why. <laughs> Um, so for one, I went Zinfandel because I think something really sweet works against something that's insanely salty, which that ham and cheddar or whatever that near cheese stuff is, it's all salty. So you got to do something uh, sweet for a beer. I think same strategy as the wine. Uh, so you don't use like a real beer, you use like a hard cider and for, for booze again, same thing. I just go bloody Mary. Bloody Mary. Yeah. So you just turn the, the, the the lunchable and the, the, and, and, and the bloody Mary into brunch. It's a brunchable now. Brunchable. That's cute. You should, you should trademark that. I bet you they already did. Brunchable. Jerks. Yeah. Okay. So for ham and cheese lunchable, uh, this is a really special wine that I'm pairing with it. Okay. And it's the specifically the Duckhorn Merlot from Napa Valley in California. And the Duckhorn Vineyards is one of the older vineyards, like one of the original, like made Napa Valley what it is today. And they were founded in 1976. And then they released their first vintage of Merlot in 1978 And then five years after that, another very special thing happened. And that was my parents' wedding. Oh. So they had, I think, I think the story, and I could be totally wrong. They might just message me correcting me about this. But they think that they had some Duckhorn Merlot at their wedding. Loved it. And at that point, I mean, Duckhorn Merlot was still relatively new. It would have been like a five-year-old thing. And it, would, it, it wasn't what it is now, which is like iconic. Um, and they have a bottle of Duckhorn Merlot every year for their anniversary. Oh, that's really nice. Because I, I was literally going to ask you after the show, like, okay, are these, are these duck butt people paying you or what's going on? You talked about Oh, I wish... That's fantastic. I'll take some free duck horn Merlot. Yeah, that's right. We don't even need money. Just booze works great. I really like, don't pay me. Just send me a bottle of wine. That'd be amazing. We need to get like a PO box to receive bottles of wine. Um, (laughs) I just, I I, I will say like, I think we learned a lot in this episode. I'm not done talking about my Merlot. Oh, how much, how much more can you say about a Merlot? A Merlot. Am I saying it wrong or are you saying it wrong? It it sounds weird when you're saying it. Why are you saying it like that? Merlot. Merlot. Like, like nightmare low. <laughs> is it just like Merlot, like murder, Merlot? No, because it's, I think it's French. No, Merlot. Well, if you were French, wouldn't you just say like Merlot or something like that, right? Yeah, like no. You eat a lot of the sounds. <laughs> <laughs> and Merlot, I think um, the founder of Duckhorn, he was inspired by the Bordeaux region of France, which is really known for winemaking. And so he wanted to make this like very, very luxe, um, juicy kind of silky wine. And I think that it is, um, it's like soft enough to where it's not going to overpower the ham and cheese lunchable, Mm -hmm. but it's still like, it's kind of juicy and fruity. So it'll, it'll give that like sweetness that you were talking about. Um, but yeah, I think Merlot gets a bad rap after that movie Sideways came out in the early 2000s. Do you remember that movie? I, they I actually do. I, they I love like that movie. hate on Merlot the whole time. They're like Pinot Noir is the best, but Merlot like the Merlot is good. 
It's weird because I don't, I mean, I feel like not a lot of people saw that movie. Really? I thought that was a pretty popular movie. I, it may have been. I don't I know. I mean, I saw it. I, <laughs> I, I think see anything. I honestly feel like anything is it Paul Giamatti. I think his name is. Yeah. I feel like you should go see any movie he's ever been in. Even Fair. the weird ones. Cause he's fantastic. I, yeah. Okay. I was going to say, I also learned in this episode that I was alive and totally cognizant when you're the year your parents got married. And I find that very disturbing. Why? Because it doesn't make me young. I'm just saying. <laughs> but I'm sure you figured that out anyway, you know, as I was trying to understand what what a Findom was. So, but either way. Yeah, um, right. I think it's it might be your bedtime. You need, <laughs> you need to have some soup. Change a diaper first. I'm talking about mine. It wasn't the kids. It was, it was mine. No, no, no. You're, you're <laughs> we, kids we are know. totally out of diapers. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, as always, thank you so much for hanging out with us this week. Um, we have a ton of fun doing this and we really appreciate that you, you, you play along with us. Um, you got to tell your friends, you got to tell your family. Uh, you can start with people you don't like if you want to curse them with this show. I think that's a good way to go. Or if you, if you find it enjoyable, uh, then tell people you like, it's up to you. So Brian, uh, I'm, either- not gonna, I'm not going to do any promo messages this week, not doing any promo messaging talking about what people should do with the podcast, like not telling them to subscribe or download or anything. Cause I'm going to do that all telepathically. Oh, that's a good idea. Um, so, well, you know what? We'll have your crystal ball do this. Well, this next part it says, <laughs> it says, it says, Oh, Oh, I got, okay. It says like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And, and, and it also says we're on all those places. So no matter where you go, you're going to find us. And then it also says, oh, hold on. Do I need to rub this? I feel like I'm going to rub it. Okay. Okay. Don't rub my my crystal ball. It says to reach out anytime. Yeah. Maybe you have a a parenting podcast that that you want to promote by giving actual good advice to parents. That would be probably helpful to listeners. Or or maybe you want to tell us we're absolute dopes. We're, We're used to that. Or maybe you want to provide some scenarios. Uh, Ariel uh, does all the scenarios and she can certainly use uh, a helping hand because I think she's running out of ideas and my brain is shot because I'm so fuddy-duddy old. That's just what happens. So you can reach us for any of those things. Uh, Nogoodparents at gmail.com. All right. But I I tell you, your crystal ball never shuts up. Very thorough, my crystal ball. (laughs) Mm -hmm. We'll see you next week. Bye. 